Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. I am so excited. I am fired all the way up to share this word with you today because I'm not going to tell you the whole story, but I don't believe the Lord wanted you to hear it. I mean, I don't believe the enemy. I know the Lord wanted you to hear it. I don't believe the enemy wanted you to hear this message today because it brings glory to Christ. And I know that that upsets, that upsets our adversary when we glorify the name of Jesus because when Jesus is lifted up, he draws all men to himself. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, it again is so good to be here with you today and just be sharing this time together and uh, just looking forward to getting in this word with you. What an exciting time in the life of Faith Assembly Church. You know, I, I was just reflecting. I think we've had more Sundays where we've baptized people than we've had Sundays that we haven't baptized people. Uh, this year and I, I'm just so incredibly thankful for that and just what the Lord is doing here at Faith Assembly Church and just looking forward to exciting times I cannot wait I know that we're only just uh, weeks away now from me saying to you guys hey you know what we're going to be transitioning from this space to our temporary sanctuary and uh, listen guys I just want to encourage you this is no time to shrink back this is no time to you know just coast and say well we'll we'll get back after it when because I want to remind you and I probably will many many times after now is to say that God is not confined to this space God's plan, God's will, God's purpose is not confined to this space and we just have some exciting things on the horizon and we're looking forward to seeing how God is going to move in and through the life of Faith Assembly Church. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, if you have your Bible with you this morning, I want to invite you to turn with me to John chapter 6. Uh, John chapter 6 and we're going to jump immediately into our text together today and uh, just kind of begin to build a platform for the word that I have to share with you today. I, I felt so impressed. I'm going I'm to tell my story, okay, but I don't want you to feel sorry for me uh, because it, it was deep enough in my heart. It just came right back out. The reason I said that I didn't think the enemy wanted you to hear this word is because the Lord dropped this in my spirit on Tuesday, and by, by mid-afternoon Wednesday, I already had my entire sermon notes done. Done just done ready to roll and uh so anyway I came back in Thursday I said you know I'm gonna just tweak a few things so I went to find my document to tweak a few things and it was gone just completely unexplainably gone uh entirely so uh, I told myself several times I said Steve sit down and finish this okay because it was kind of discouraging in the moment but uh, I'm, I'm thankful because in that recrafting, the Lord just ministers so many things in my heart, and, and uh, I'm just, just happy and excited to share this with you today. So John chapter 6, beginning in verse 25, uh, Jesus is here going to just drop some truth on us and also share with us his identity in a little deeper fashion and also kind of show us how he is the fulfillment of some Old Testament typology. So we're going we're gonna to jump into that today. John chapter 6 verse 25 and we're going to start here and it says, And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? 
And Jesus answered and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for food which perishes, but for food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you because God the Father has set his seal on him. And then they said to him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? And Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God that you believe in him who sent me. Therefore they said to him, What sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? Our fathers ate the manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who has come down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. And he who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. Amen. How many of you have ever been grocery shopping with a woman? Let me just share with you my experience. You stroll in the aisles of the supermarket and you're just throwing things in. You're throwing boxes of cereal in. You're throwing in the spaghetti. You're throwing in the meat. As a matter of fact, you're so indiscriminate sometimes in your shopping and your handling of things that my lucky charms are dented all up. My box is bent and crinkled and you will even buy cans that are already dented because it's a few cents cheaper. But there comes a point in the grocery shopping experience where you turn the corner and you're no longer in the general grocery aisles. You are in the bakery. And something changes when we get to the bakery. Because all of a sudden we're no longer just tossing things into the cart. But mama always says, You, you don't just pick up any old loaf, but you get the loaf that's fresh. And, and you get the loaf that feels good, smells right, and there's a special place in the cart where the bread goes, right? And then when you get to the car, you toss all the other groceries into the cargo area except for the bread. The bread has its special place in the car. And then you get home with all your groceries sacked up and you're taking everything in and the whole time you're trying to get all of the cargo in the house, mama is saying, careful with the bread. 
Don't squish the bread. Don't mash the bread. Don't abuse the bread. Careful with the bread. I want to challenge you today, and I know that we do this because the bread is vulnerable. I know that we do this in, in the natural because there's, there's a chance to just ruin what's here. And I'm not here suggesting to you today that Jesus is vulnerable. I'm not here suggesting you today that Jesus can be so fragile as this loaf of bread is that we just give so much care and attention to. But I am telling you today that he is the bread of life and it would behoove the child of God to be careful with the bread. To be careful with the bread, to not just in a protective way because God Almighty doesn't need our protection. Jesus doesn't need our protection. He's not fragile. He's not easily broken. He's not easily offended. But we need to have a reverential care for what has been trusted to us in the person and the work of Jesus Christ, the bread of life sent down from heaven to us. Careful with the bread. Careful with the bread. Listen. In, in this text, Jesus identifies himself as the bread of life. The bread of heaven. The bread come down from the Father. And Jesus also presents himself as the fulfillment of an Old Testament type presented to the children of Israel as they wandered in the wilderness. Now we've referenced this several times and you know what, there's, there's a lot of things I could say here. There are uh, a lot of different scenarios that we could talk about, but I want to hone in on just a few here in the way that I want to examine this type because I want to show you today in the wilderness how the children of Israel weren't careful with the bread. How they weren't careful with the bread and how I believe sometimes you and I may be a little bit careless with the bread. They mishandled the bread in a number of ways and I, I think they're applicable to you and I and I believe they keep many of us from walking in the fullness of the sustenance that the bread would fulfill in our lives if we were careful with the bread. One of the first and foremost things that I could say about the bread is this, that you will recall that it was the children of Israel as they were out in the middle and they were eating the bread, the bread being the manna that God rained down from heaven. You remember that? You remember we talked about this last week. We've probably talked about it many, many times before. But God rained down. They were hungry. They were starving out in the wilderness. And God rained down bread, manna from heaven. And it covered the ground. And they were instructed to go out every day and only take up enough bread for that day, not to save any of it until tomorrow. And then on the sixth day, they were to go out and take up enough for two days because they they were to learn rest. How many of you know that sometimes when you have been burdened under the yoke of the adversary, God has to take you out to places and teach you how to rest in him? So they were there and, and God gave them specific instructions and we're going to look at several passages of scripture as to how they were to interact with and how they were to reverence and how they were to be careful with the bread. 
And if they were to do as they were instructed to do, remember that Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And if they were to pursue and handle this bread in the way prescribed by God, then they would eat and be satisfied and be sustained. And they mishandled this bread in a number of ways, and I believe that it kept them from experiencing the fullness of what God had to offer. And I believe sometimes we mishandle the bread almost in like fashion. I don't believe there's anybody in this place that is looking back at a life of sin as those people did who are saying, you know what, this bread's not good enough. Take me back to Egypt. But I do believe that there are some of us who mishandle unwittingly even at times the bread of life and we're maybe not as satisfied, we're not as fulfilled as we should be in our walk with the Lord. So I want to show you three ways today that the, the children of Israel mishandled the bread. They were careless with the bread, and it caused them to experience an emptiness or not be as satisfied as they should have been with God's provision. First of all, we see the children of Israel that they forsook fresh bread in exchange for what they could do in their own strength. I don't know if you ever do that or not, but I, I'm one of those people that if I can get, like I read the first half page of the instructions manual. And if I can just get a little glimpse of where to start, I am off to the races. I'm often wrong, but I'm off to the races. Sometimes I have to come back and undo what I've already done because I didn't do it in the right order, but I'm off. I'm ready to roll because I, I, don't, I, I don't need that anymore or so I think. And here's the children of Israel. Read along with me. Exodus chapter 16, beginning in verse 4. It says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses and said, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. And the people will go out and gather a certain quota for every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. And then the children of Israel did so. Some gathered more, some less. So when they measured it by omers, he who gathered much had nothing left over, and he who gathered little had no lack. Every man had gathered according to each one's need. And Moses said, let no one leave any of it till morning. Notwithstanding, they did not heed Moses, but some of them left part of it till morning, and it bred worms and it stank, and Moses was angry with them. Exodus chapter 16 verse 4 is a call to you and I to live, uh, to live by faith through constant communion with Christ. That day after day after day, you and I would set aside the urging and the, and the natural inclination to try to live off of yesterday's fellowship with the bread of life. Yesterday's communion with the bread of life. That day after day, we would prioritize seeking a resurrected Savior. Seeking a Lord who has said that he would satisfy us in our deepest longing. Verses uh, 17 through 19, it gives us a picture of the right application. 
that as these people went out and they sought the bread that came down from heaven, they got enough for the day and the ones who got little had no lack and the ones who got a lot had nothing left over. It was what they needed for that hour of life. It was what they needed for that hour of living. But then we come to verse 19. And can I say to you that some of us come to the bread bin just enough to take just enough Jesus with us to be dangerous. Because what we see here in verse 19 is these people begin to forsake the fresh bread for what I've learned in the past. Sometimes God does incredible things in our lives that are meant to sustain us for a season and we'll hang on to it as a matter of permanence. If God will bless us at the altar one Sunday, we won't come back for weeks. If God will move in our lives in the prayer closet in one instance, we won't come back again for weeks. Because what we received in that moment as a matter of sustaining us for the season, we've tried to turn it into some kind of permanence in our lives. And I want to tell you something today, church. The Lord will never put us in places where we can sustain by the flesh what he begins in the spirit. The manna on the ground was a testament of God's faithfulness, but the manna on the ground was not an indicator of God's predictability. And we want to appear wise in our own eyes, and sometimes we are like toddlers. Have you ever, how many of you have ever raised small children? And they don't know anything until you tell them a half a thing then they know everything right or wrong that's right they they're trying they're trying and you come and you give them the first step the first piece of the puzzle the first little problem you help them solve that and then them this is what's going on here. They go out, they were hungry. They call out to God, Lord, feed us. God feeds them. They go out, they gather up the manna, and then they say, we're good, Lord. We got it from here. Because I know you said gather enough for today, but we know now, and we've gathered enough for tomorrow also. We've gathered enough for tomorrow. You can take your hand off now until I come to a point of dire need and desperation again. I'm good. I've got this. And, and we want to appear wise in our own eyes and we don't want to come back to the source of fresh bread until we find that what we have is wormy and stinking. As a matter of fact, there may be someone listening to this message who calls themselves camping with God's people and living with the fresh bread of heaven all around them, but you've learned so much from the testimony of those around you and those before you that you think you've got it all figured out, and the truth is you've never tasted for yourself and seen that the Lord is good. 
We, we think we've experienced enough of Jesus once to save our souls, but we don't experience enough of him every day to set us free, to give us victory, to fill us with joy, to fill us with peace, hope, and love. And maybe you're listening to me today and you're feeling like your life is tainted and it's starting to stink. And I want to encourage you today to reverence the bread. Reverence the fact that the Lord has provided bread from heaven that you and I can fellowship with him and commune with him day after day after day after day and find a fresh source and a fresh supply and fresh sustenance for this hour of life. Number two, these people ran wearily after things that weren't bread. Verse 22, we continue in chapter 16. It says, and so it was on the sixth day. Remember, remember on the sixth day, they were to gather enough bread for the sixth day and the seventh day because they were to enjoy a Sabbath's rest. These people had been under the bondage of Egypt slavery seven days a week. They were driving, 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 making brick, making mortar, just building, building, building. And God said, I'm going to take you out in the desert. I'm going to take you out in the wilderness, and I'm going to teach you to rely on me, and I'm going to teach you to rest. And here they are. It says, and so it was on the sixth day that they gathered twice as much bread, two omers for each one, and all the rulers of the congregation came and told Moses. And then he said to them, this is what the Lord has said. Tomorrow is a Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake today, boil what you will boil, and lay up for yourself all that remains to be kept until the morning. So they laid it up till morning and as Moses commanded, and it did not stink, nor were there any worms in it. And then Moses said, eat that today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will be none. These first few verses here. Listen, you, you've got to understand when you're reading this, because this is, this is a hard space for you and I. Because this is completely illogical. You, you understand what you're reading here fits nowhere in the context of human logic. Because experience teaches me, simple math tells me, common sense would indicate to me that if Monday, Sunday through Thursday... I can only gather enough for one day because what I gathered on the previous day will have worms and stink on the second day. Then common sense suggests to me that what I gather on Friday will be rotten on Saturday. But how many of you know that God's ways are higher than our ways, His thoughts above our thoughts? And sometimes, church, we just have to trust the Lord. And there are things that God has spoken over his body. There are things that God has spoken over our lives that we just need to go with it. So you know what? I don't understand it. I'm not trying to figure this all out. And, and, and this is one such instance here. Now, I want you to put yourself in the place of these people. I can go ahead and tell you right now 
that for anybody who had experienced, who had witnessed the wormy, stinky bread of yesterday, they didn't believe that Friday's bread was going to be good on Saturday. God may be calling you today to forgive somebody. But the hurt in your heart is so deep you can't figure out how in the world if you release that it's going to ever work out okay God may be calling you right now in a specific place to trust him but from your vantage point and the way you estimate things and the way you understand things and your experience with things if you step out in faith you can't figure out how in the world it's ever going to work out And nah, I think we're headed for a stinky situation right here. I don't know that I can do that. Imagine yourself on Friday afternoon. Friday morning, moreover. See, we're on the Jewish calendar now. Saturday was the Sabbath. So it's Friday morning and the time has come and you are to get up. You've smelled some of those in the camp that were disobedient. You, somebody passed you on Thursday with a bag of that rotten stuff and it almost turned your stomach. You weren't even sure if when Friday came around you were going to want any of the fresh bread because you smelled the rotten stuff on Thursday and you know that you don't want any leftovers on Saturday. In verse 25 and 26, the instructions are clear in the handling of the manna that it's not in the field of your human ability to gather and fullness comes as a product of God's miraculous provision as he has prescribed. There's no need to look in the field. Fulfillment is found in obedience to the word through trusting God, through living according to the principles of the kingdom, whether or not it makes any sense to us. Verse 27, though, gives us this little insight, and it says, Now it happened. Of course it did. Sure it did. Now it happened that some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather, and they found none. There are many people who claim the name of Christ, who, who have tasted and seeing the sustenance of his provision yet will continually look outside of the promises of God to find fulfillment in this life I want to submit to you today that there may be some under the sound of my voice today who are tired who are worn down whose souls are disquieted and cast down within them because they continue to seek something more to satisfy because what God has promised doesn't seem reasonable to them in their minds so needlessly they pursue things outside the promise of God rather than rest in his promise are you with me and I can't help but wonder if the same jokers who were running out in the field looking for bread on the Sabbath we're also the ones on Friday morning going, nah, I'm not going to pick up any extra today. That wouldn't make any sense at all. 
And now they're out roaming around saying, I didn't think it was supposed to be this way. Well, it wasn't supposed to be that way. You were supposed to walk in obedience to the word and be satisfied with the bread that the Lord gave and walk by faith and trust him, not be running around trying to see what you could fulfill in your own flesh. And I want to ask you this today, does life seem empty and unsatisfying? Because God has invited you to a table of trust. But instead of resting in Him, you're moving according to your own ideals. What seems right to you, what makes sense to you. You don't see how it's possible. You don't understand how it could happen. You can't figure out the solutions to the problems that you face. I want to challenge you today. Stop looking for things in places where God has said there's going to be nothing. If you're looking to be satisfied through relationships instead of fellowship with Jesus, stop it. If you're looking to be satisfied, nothing wrong with being prosperous. Don't misunderstand me. But if you're looking to be satisfied in the prosperity that this life has to offer, stop it. It's empty. It's void. If you're looking to be satisfied through the fulfillment of pleasures of the flesh rather than resting in Christ, stop it. Careful with the bread. It's right there in front of you. Reverence it. Honor it. Partake of it. Be satisfied by it. Stop looking out in the field where there is nothing. The third thing the third way that the children of Israel mishandled the bread is found immediately in the next verse. And it says, and the Lord said to Moses, how long will you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? Take you back again that Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And, and I just want to say, sometimes we're frustrated and sometimes life is a stinky mess. And I don't say that. I mean... The word says that the manna that was kept over outside of the parameters of the command of God bred worms and it stank. And I've got to tell you, sometimes there are places in our lives that breed worms and stink because we try to walk outside the parameter of God's will. Because we try to walk outside the parameters of God's word for our lives. And let me tell you something today. The word of the Lord, I, I don't care how many times you've been beat with the anvil of truth. I don't care how many times you've been bludgeoned to death and saying, if you love Jesus, you won't do this. You won't. Can I tell you that it is from the loving heart of God that he has made his ways known to us, not because it uplifts or exalts him necessarily as much as it is that it is good for us. He loves us. And the word is there and the commandment is there so that as you and I walk in according to the, accordance to the commandment of God, we live the fullest life we can live. They disregarded. They embraced loosely what God had said about the bread. I want to invite you to stand all over this congregation and on the way in today, you should have received sacraments and if you don't have those, if you would just slip a hand up right now, our ushers are waiting to serve you.
If you're joining us online, we welcome you and give you just a few seconds to grab some juice and whatever you need there. Got some over here on the far side, some right here in the back. as you endeavor to open your cellophane there remember you're in the Lord's house this is what the Apostle Paul writes to the church at Corinth you've heard it many many times but sometimes we need to take it one step further Beginning in verse 23, Paul writes regarding the Lord's Supper. And he says, For I received from the Lord that which I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, Take, eat, this is my body, which was given to you which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner also, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be found guilty of the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. And so let him eat the bread and drink the cup. For he who eats, this, eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. What is the Lord's body? It's the bread. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you and many sleep. What are you saying, Pastor? What are you saying, Paul? I believe Paul's saying to the Corinthian church, and I believe the Spirit of the Lord would say to you and I today, hey, careful with the bread. It's not fragile. The Lord's not going to be smushed. He's already been crushed for us. We're not worried about that but just a reverential care for the things the Lord has provided for us to say, God, you know what? Your ways are better than my ways. Give me the measure of faith to trust you. God, not, not to be out trying to hoard extra to myself so that I don't have to come out and seek you again tomorrow. Not to go looking for things outside of where you've already provided for my satisfaction. And not to hold loosely to what you've instructed me, but God, to have that word near to me. To, to be careful with the bread. 
So today, Lord, we come. We come and, and Lord, we just, we reverence you in this moment. And with the songwriter, Lord, we ask, who could satisfy my soul like you? Who on earth could fill me? Love me like you do. And we declare in this moment, Lord, there is none beside you. And God, I just take this moment, we take this moment collectively, Lord, to lay our hearts bare before the Holy Spirit. And just say, Lord, are we reverencing you? Or are we, are we as aware of your presence in our lives as mom is the condition of that loaf of bread? Because you are the bread of life. We want to be as aware of the condition and the ways in which we're handling you as we are anything else in this life. More so. Search us now, O oh Lord. Know our hearts. See if there's any unclean thing in us. God, move mightily in our minds, our hearts, God. And Lord, every day that we wake, let us pursue you afresh. Fill us every day, God, with your supply. And we give you the glory, the praise, and all the honor. And we ask it in the strong name of Jesus, your blessing, Lord, upon the bread and the cup today as we share together. Let it be a staunch reminder to us in this moment, God, to always rightly handle the bread of life in our own hearts. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's share the bread together today. And let's share the cup. Would you just lift your hands all over this sanctuary today and say father I thank you for the bread of life that has been sent down from heaven that in your presence Lord we can feast and be filled we can feast and be sustained we thank you in your own words just begin to express that right now pastor lead us We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.